Good morning. Thanks for clicking on the podcast. A uh, lot of energy coming in this podcast uh, when we get to the interview, which will hopefully make up for a bit of a lack of energy here over the next few minutes because I am uh, I am beat, man. I'm beat. It's uh, For me, it's the night before. I'm recording this Saturday night. Long day of work. Stressful day of work. We have this. Um, it's called a. It's called an SQF audit. I know audit sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually not a bad thing in the food world. I think there, there's many places where you you sort of voluntarily go through an audit in order to achieve some sort of certification, and that's. It's what we're doing. It's for this thing called SQF, which means safe quality foods, which falls under this umbrella, which is GFSI, which is Global Food Safety Initiative, which is essentially something you have to be part of if you want to be able to do any big business. Any any brand you've heard of wants to see your GFSI certification in order to, to, to do business with you. And so we're doing it. And it's about two weeks away. And... Uh, I am I am uh, running on E, man. Not gonna lie, running on E. Long days, weekends, all sort of blending together. But anyway, uh, the what is in? I know that. Okay, I want to answer a question that comes up every once in a while, and that is, what is an audit? What is an inspection? What is the difference? It's a great question. I can answer it. We're gonna go full on. Food manufacturing, food safety nerd. Ready? Here we go. Nerd talk. Give me 60 seconds. Uh, the difference between audit and an inspection. An inspection is a snapshot in time. An inspection is like right now. Uh, inspections are typically surprises. Uh, they will show up out of nowhere, unannounced, and they want to see what you're doing right now. Because the idea, if they show up surprise in a surprise, if they show up unannounced in an inspection, is that they should be walking in on you operating as you normally operate because you didn't know they were coming. Now, see, if they told you they were coming, well, that would defeat the whole purpose of an inspection because between you and I, uh, you know all these damn restaurants, most food places, a lot of places if they knew the inspection was coming, would get shit in order pretty quick. When you don't know it's coming, you got to keep shit in order all the time, which is what we do. Try to, at least. Um, so an inspection is like a right now. It's like a snapshot in time. It is, what are you doing right now? Let's inspect you right now. An audit is a look at your overall process over a long period of time. So... An inspection is the type of thing where any little mistake can cost you because, uh, you know, it's it's just they're taking one look at it. Whereas an audit is like a six-month or 12-month review of everything you've been doing. It's going through all your paperwork and looking at the entire body of work. And when you zoom out to that six, nine, 12-month level for an audit... Um, you know, they're more or less looking at how are you steering this ship in general and are you steering it in the right direction as opposed to, you know, every cracking down on every single day. You know, did you uh, spill ketchup on la you know, four, 14 Thursdays ago? No big deal. This is more of an overall look at how you handle spills in general. I don't know. I made that up, but... Uh, the difference between an inspection and an audit. So I love the food industry. And now that I work in food manufacturing, I love working in this, this particular sector of the food industry. Uh, I do interview a lot of restaurateurs, and that's who you're going to hear from today. Ramon, Erica, uh, they are the owners of Palermo's Market, Mercantile on Main. I'd like to thank my friend Leah Stacy, who invited me to uh, a... Um, I guess you would call it a foodie uh, influencer event, although I don't know that I have influencer status. Don't know that I ever had it, let alone now. I'm basically I'm a factory worker, <laughs> so I don't think I have any influence. I guess I do this podcast. 
And uh, and I do I you know I, I I will say that when the statistics of this podcast are sometimes shown to people, there is typically a bit of an the uh, people are impressed. I will be honest with you, it's not bad. It's not good. It's not thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. We don't have a million listeners. Nothing like that. But uh, appreciate those of you who are listening. There's enough of you. There's, To be honest with you, I'll just put it this way. There's way the hell more of you than I ever thought there was going to be. I literally had the number 18 in my head. I was like, I'm going to have 18 listeners when I start this stupid podcast. <laughs> but, uh, no, I appreciate you guys sticking with me. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Um, so, anyway, Ramon and Erica, Mar- Mercantile on Main, had the opportunity to go down there on uh, Monday for this foodie influencer event. Um, I saw Greg and Jody Johnson of the Cub Room, who, by the way, tonight, oh, I shouldn't say tonight because that's that was yesterday by the time this podcast comes out, but uh, last night, Saturday night, May, what is today? Hold on. May 22nd, yesterday. Oh, God, I'm fucking this up so bad. <laughs> All right. May 22nd, happy sixth anniversary to the Cub Room, Jody and Greg. Big night at the Cub Room tonight. If I wasn't completely stained in barbecue sauce, wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt, and if I had even more than 1% of my energy left, I would probably go celebrate with uh, Jody and Greg. But congratulations to them. Saw them. They're at the Mercantile on Main. Um, they've got a couple of spots. They do Rufus, which is the main cocktail bar, and then they also do the uh, one of the little restaurants there. A uh, lot of good stuff down at Mercantile on Main. They don't like the, word, the words food court. It is a food hall. It is far more hip. Food court makes you think of a mall. Makes me think of Ashtabula Mall asking my mom for money to go play in the arcade after we ate at the food court. So, uh, enjoy, Ramon and Erica. One thing I will say, uh, I'm always very conscious of the quality. Uh, There was one microphone between the two of them. They passed it back and forth. Sometimes they did it well. Sometimes one of them would start talking not into the microphone. So uh, I do think that there's probably going to be a couple of hiccups in this podcast in terms of people not talking in the microphones. But I'm not going to do a ton of editing on it because it is what it is, right? And I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, enjoy. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Ramon and Erica. Absolutely. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, man. No, thanks for having us. This is like backstage at the Sibley building, but it's the Mercantile on Main, right? That's yeah. what it's called? The, is the, is just the food court part called Mercantile, or is the whole thing called Mercantile? So the entire building is actually called the Sibley building. Still, it's, okay. Yeah, it's still the Sibley building. Um, it's the biggest building in Monroe County, 1.1 million square feet. So the Mercantile is the, is the food hall. We we try not to. We don't like the food court stigma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it does it feel we don't like a, think a mall. Yeah, a mall. It's like a mall in 1997. Like there's an arcade <laughs> over around. Like, so it's a food hall, right? Yeah. Hall. Are you from Rochester, Ramon? Yes, I am. I actually grew up in the inner city of Rochester. Did you, Erica? Where are you from? Um, I'm kind of from all over the place, inner city, and then around Decoy, and then kind of like Webster's. So. But, but you're both Rochester kids. Oh yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so let let's let's go back. I like going back and talking. Well, first of all, actually, I do have beef with you on one thing. <laughs> you you are an Italian kid. I'm yeah. Italian and Hispanic. So I was going to say Ramon. Yes. It would be Ramone if it was Ramon. Italian. Ramon. Yeah. Ramon. Yeah, Ramon. But that's a great combination. What it's, about you, Eric? It's you a got great a good look. intoxic combination. Right? <laughs> You're talented real. but also angry. Shut up. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm actually just uh, Hispanic. I'm Puerto Rican. Oh, my gosh. What a great combination as well. Yeah. That's, the tempers. 
the, the, first of all, beauty, though, right? Both of your yes. complexions, right? You've got, like, the perfect complexions, but also lots of anger, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Especially when we're hungry. Yes. I have a hangry issue. Like, she makes sure that with, no matter how busy it is, like, the line has to wait. Sometimes people have to wait. He has to get a, a little bite in or, or things will get toxic <laughs> back right, yeah. there real fast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back. Let's talk about this. So let's start with you, Ramon. Uh, you grew up in the city, you yep. said. Where'd you go to school? I actually went to public school until ninth grade, okay. and then I went to um, Bishop Kearney. So I was a pretty good baseball player. They recruited me. I was actually playing for Frederick Douglass in the oh. inner city, and uh, one of the coaches uh, seen me and was like, look, you need to come play for Kearney, and uh, that's yeah. where I ended up going. Do, does does Kearney offer like scholarships or anything? They, or? they do. So yeah. I, I, I received like a partial scholarship. I mean, back to, I don't know, even know what it is now. It's like college tuition. It's just yeah. nuts. It's getting expensive. Uh, my younger brother ended up graduating from there. So it was crazy back then, but I don't even know what it is now. But yeah, I did get a partial scholarship. Like, I don't remember what it was called, like athletic something. But Bro, yeah. Listen to this. You ready? Yeah. Might have a two and a half year old. He's going to pre preschool. Not even preschool. Oh, my God. Pre preschool in the fall. Fifteen hundred bucks. Oh my god! Oh yeah, pre preschool, two hours, two days a week. Oh. It's four total. <laughs> That's actually that gets you two crackers and a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. So, so, so Bishop Kearney, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? You know what? It's so crazy. I wanted to be a baseball player, right? And yeah. I always had the teachers like, "Look, you know what else? <laughs> yeah. You know." And then I was like, "I wanted to be a fireman." I love firemen. Like I, I really admire to this day firemen. A friend of mine that went to Carney, he actually came in the other day. He's a uh, part of the Rochester Fire Department. Um, his brother's a, a police officer down in Virginia. So I had just had this admiration of firefighters. Yeah. So what did you end up pursuing after high school? Like so what, I just what actually happened? Yeah. So I kind of, um, I didn't go to college right away. Um, I kind of, I was young and dumb. Yeah. You know, I was really young and Did you dumb. go get in trouble? Yeah, I did. I know you're very yeah. religious now. I always yeah, see, I uh, yeah. Were you always or did that? No, I wasn't. You were, no, you were, not you were. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I was not. So uh, it's funny. My, one of my best friends in in, um, in high school, Patrick Kelly, he lives in Tampa. We just visited him. And he's he was like the, the, the perfect Catholic kid. Like, you know, he was the kid that like, I was like the opposite of him. I was the kid like not going to class. I was talking back. If if in my era they could have gave me, you know, whooped me with, you know, the, the, the nuns would have whooped me, but they weren't doing that still, you know. But like I was just bad, man. I was just a bad like knucklehead class clown. And um, and and to look back now, it was like, you know, my mother. I was one of seven kids. Um, I was just I was just bad. I don't know why. Were I, you actually bad, or were you just being a kid? I mean, you, I, ha I, you have a lot of energy. I do. Was that what it? You just I always think had it was. a lot of energy. So, yeah. so like they told my mother, you know, you need to put him on Ritalin and all these things. Yeah. And thank God she didn't. You know, I just think that I I kind of grew into accepting who I was. I didn't really uh, I didn't understand who I was, and I didn't appreciate my ability of like my energy level. Now I embrace it. I'm like, oh, this is what helps me connect with people. This is what helps me work and thrive and be able to do what the next guy can't do. But back then it was like, well, I'm not like them. And I, right. I was in class and I'm kind of, you know, I'm really big on it. I tell parents, like, don't make your kids go into a box. Like, yeah. embrace what they're good at. You know, if they have energy and they want to be artistic, let them do it. If they're good at, I was really, I was a math whiz. I was a math whiz. I love numbers. I love counting. Oh, hi, I'm so good. I love, yeah, I love numbers. I love counting money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's let's go over to you yeah, for a second. Yeah. Let's let's go over to no no that's okay. It's a lot of energy, right? Yeah, Can, I like it. How is it to keep up with this guy? So I'm actually pretty quiet. I think it keeps me going. It actually helps to get me out of my bubble because I'm just very reserved sometimes. Well, tell him how you were when we met. She was antisocial. This I was. They call her the princess of the mercantile. Yeah, talking to the mic, Ramon. Oh, they, they, <laughs> they call her the princess of the mercantile now because she's out. She's greeting people. Hey, how you doing? You know, but when we when we first met, she was so she had a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, she had a lot of self doubt, and I was like, Can I, we talk about that? Yeah. I have the yeah. same stuff. I have the same stuff. So. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your upbringing. So I am the middle child, okay, right? Okay. So that's always like a sticky situation. There's that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. I grew up in the inner city until about third grade, um, and then I was moved to Irondequoit. So it was quite an adjustment for me to go from like, I'm going to beat you up to like. <laughs> 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 so and like, what's Irondequoit like? <laughs> Irondequoit was very just like, it was great. It was yeah. great um, until like 
you're not popular, right? And so then a lot of bullying starts to take place, right. especially in these suburban areas. How, can I ask like, how, how old are you? I'm 23. So, and how old are you, Ramon? 34. 34, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I so, don't listen to directions very well. well that's okay. That, that's what my problem was in school. Yeah, I know. But you, so Erica, but I thought it's, I'm 38, so I'm I'm close, kind of closer to Ramona. I thought that your generation, I guess, 15 years younger than me. I'm doing the math in my head. Yeah. I thought that bullying was a little bit more. It's always it's always there. It's yeah, always it's probably it's still there, there to this day. But I thought that it had been maybe a little bit more concentrated on. But you're saying not not so much. No. I think it was just some. It, I think it's happened throughout every stage in the past i i think i fear I, well, I can't even talk but i think it's <laughs> fair to say that so it wasn't ne- something that necessarily was so extreme i just think that i'm very sensitive and i have like lots of feelings and so i took it hard yeah and yeah. so i became uh, very reserved i actually moved out of my house when i was 15 i was kind of like ramon um i had a lot of energy for certain things however i kind of rebelled so i was on my own 15 16 17 18 and i was working at a pizzeria and so i loved food ever since and that's pretty badass man what did what did you want to be when you grew up i actually wanted to be a lawyer because i like to i mean i'm puerto rican so we fight a lot so i thought i could have like a good argument and i was like man i can make a lot of money not with this guy not with this guy i just let him win he's pretty good at it too no i think no all this time i thought i was winning no no they always are letting us (laughs) believe me we get we we never actually win if we dare win ramon it just comes back to bite us the next day yeah yeah i love it uh what is the best uh puerto rican restaurant in rochester because i know the answer and i'm wondering if uh, i'm right or wrong because i'm just an italian i know who he's gonna say I don't know. I like to eat at my mama's house. Uh, mama's uh, mama's, mama's, I, mama's is, pretty is pretty good. But I would say I they're Puerto Rican, right? La Olla Criolla. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's I got to look in the hole that a lot of people don't know about. It's on East Main Street. He's awesome. It's a family uh, run business. Yeah. Um, I actually tried to get him in here. Yeah. It just didn't work out. But. I love Mi Viejo San Juan. Do you know oh, that okay. one? Yes. Yes. I That's think it's a, is that Norton and, and yes. yes. And when I go, uh, they have to bring the, the girl who speaks English out. And that's yes. how I know I'm in the right place. Yes. Yes. Be- because, because, you know, the white kid comes to the counter and says, can I please have the chicken? with?" And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, get her. Get her. Yeah. Where's the one that speaks English? I love that. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm in the right place. I honestly used to go there every day for lunch. So their food is pretty good. However, I think you should definitely try oh, them yeah. out. Yeah. La Hoya oh, is going to top that okay i will i will okay is really good too it's on at pilon yeah and then they have another one on chai lai i forgot what it's called but it's a dominican and a latino oh yeah a latino is yeah that's the joint man everybody yeah yeah, that joint all right let's go back to ramon for a second give me the story of how the two of you met and you're gonna tell it too so i want to hear the two versions um so we met under the weirdest of circumstance it was just it was just um so we're very um, here. I'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. I know we're um we're like not super religious. I would say, but we're we definitely love Christ. So we met under very like worldly circumstances yeah. where it's like, hey, we're gonna meet up and go to a party, and I'm gonna like, you know, I was going after one of his friends, and it was just like we met that night, and it was just eye contact yeah. all night. It was like the room didn't even matter. Uh, it was just us, and I felt uh-huh. like I told him that night. I was like wow i finally met my match and then ever since that day we kind of been together and just growing yeah ever since it you, was you concur ramon or oh yeah uh it was it was a very uh unplanned like i would have never so she is not physically i would say my type he wasn't and, mine and i'm not her type <laughs> well, um, wait a second hold on can i just say for a second both of you are very good-looking people. Thank you. Yeah. How could either one of you not be everyone's type? Um, I would I would literally kill to look like either one of you guys. <laughs> Paul, well, thank you, Polly. Guy, thank man. you. <laughs> not so much, but what do you what, uh, anyway? You don't have to dive yeah, into I, that. Yeah, I just I just think like if we would have just passed, it wasn't like love at first sight, no. but it was like when we when our I don't know if our spirits or what exactly it is when we got in that room, it was like everything that was planned for that night of hooking up with someone else. It was like no. 
That's not what's going to happen here. And then um, as time went on, you know, we, we actually went to this relationship night one day at a church and they were like, you know, they were just talking about relationships and they're like, you know, there's different ways and you got to go through like this checklist and, you know, well, like that, what you want in a person. Yeah, so person, they got to right? meet this amount of money. They got to want yeah. this amount of kids. And it's just like and it, it wasn't what we did. It, it, it didn't work for us. I'm not saying it won't work for everyone else. It was kind of like we didn't have a lot in common. Um, I don't even think she realized her potential in business. Like it was one thing for us to get together. It was another thing for us to become partners. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was like one thing we had in common was uh, we wanted our lives to change. Um, and, and, I, and we both, unbeknownst to us, that like God was drawing us closer. And just yeah. to kind of speak on that, my mother was su- like a super Christian, like always talking about God growing up. And I really, it really pushed me away from, from I would say, uh, from God. I didn't you know, really understand it. I was like, you know, if your God's so great, why do are all these bad things happening? And it didn't take, it took, you know, 30 plus years of my life for me to realize like God is real, you know, and, and for God to literally speak. And, you know, it sounds crazy until it actually happens. And then what happened was uh, as we got together, I remember uh, we were kind of like friends talking. And then I remember one night at my house, like I just heard God say, like, go pray with her. We had never talked about God before ever. ever. And I did not want to go do it because oh, you didn't know each other were into it. No, not at all. No. So I was thinking him on my own. It's kind of like a, how he's brought us into our purpose now. Yes. Right. Yeah, and yeah. forever I was just like, oh, conspiracies, like super conspiracies. hard and conspiracies. Yes. And I think that's kind of also what made me antisocial. I really couldn't connect with anybody. I knew that there was something more, something greater. Um, And so finally he came over and he prayed for me that night. And there was just such a heavy weight lifted off of my shoulders with all the anxiety. And I am proud to say like God's delivered me from all that anxiety. I don't feel it anymore. I don't even know what it is. Like you you said, the princess of the freaking mercantile. mercantile. It was so hard that night though, because I was at my house and I'm like, I I really like this girl and we, we don't know each other that well. And, I'm not going to go over there and pray with her. But it was like a literally audible voice, go pray with her. And like the minute I went over there and I just thought, I was like, I need to pray with you. And we started praying. She just started bawling. I didn't know what she was going through. She didn't know what I was going through. And it was like, God just brought us. Best pickup line ever, by yeah. the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was just amazing, man. And then like to see our lives change. Um, and see like how where God's, we are now. Yeah, where we are now. Like, God's blessed us like tremendously, yeah. not just in our personal lives, but just as partners, partners working together. This is crazy for uh, someone. How that... do you manage to work together? Because it, you know that there are some couples it works for. Yes. Right? Yeah. One of your neighbors, Jody and Greg yeah. from the Cub Room. Yes. I'm yeah. a big fan of theirs. They work yes. together. They get along. Yes. You guys work together. They get along. Some couples, uh, it's not going to work. No, they love each other, but if they yeah. work together, they'd kill each yeah. other. Yeah. How do you guys manage to be? Uh, I guess this is going to sound corny, but for lack of a better term, lovers yeah. and business yeah. partners, because yeah. they can, because yeah. they can be different, right? And you can butt heads. Yes. How do you get along? So I think the passion came from changing our life, right? Yes. And we yeah. all want it. We both wanted something better. However, I have certain strengths and he yes. which are my weaknesses he's better yeah. at we just so it's each just other so it, well. it works yeah. for us can i dive in a little deeper and yeah. we'll start the air what are your business wise what are your strengths and weaknesses so i've learned that i can be very outgoing as well and i can connect with people when i want to um and then i have the ability just to envision something and yes. make it come to life where you yeah. know they're not very organized or very cl- organized. yeah so i just i make sure that everything is just organized and it looks like what I am envisioning and, and just making she's it great with the back end side of things. She's great with oh, yeah. organization. She's great with, like she said, her vision. Like she's seen the setup before. I'm not good at that. Yeah, yeah. I'm good at once I see the setup, how am I going to take it to the next level? Yeah. But I'm not good at, let me figure out how to. You know, she's just, she has a you know a, a interior uh, uh, design background. She has after uh, prior to this, she had a party planning business where she had to plan to do these things. So, so catering, catering is just like she's amazing. great at that. She's great at just making everything simplified. What are your strengths and weaknesses, Ramon? I, my my best strength, I, I believe, is connection with people. For sure, I, I think that, um, and it goes back to my beginnings that one thing we did have in common which we didn't know is that we grew up in the inner city and then went to the suburbs i went to private school she went to west around what we learned was how to adapt to different styles of people i tell people all the time i, I was speaking with the uh, assemblyman the other day i said i've had the benefit of living in some of the worst neighborhoods in rochester and living in pittsburgh yeah and i can understand the to- mm-hmm. total polar opposites of this world 
in our own city, which a lot of people can't understand. And what I've learned is how to sit down with the professional from Pittsburgh and the maybe unemployed person in the inner city and be able to connect with both of them just through the power it's, of connection. It, it is a skill. What yeah. you're talking about is such a skill. And uh, it's it's something I I also think I'm able to do. I think oh I'm you are yeah. when you're in a room, no matter who you're in the room with, you can adapt yes. to that person yeah. and and hopefully make that person feel like a million bucks. Absolutely. Right? And you do you absolutely you have that skill, Ramon. You can make anyone feel like they're the only person in the world when you're talking to them. You do. Yeah. What are your weaknesses? What do you suck? Oh, at? I am so not organized, <laughs> but. I will give a lot of credit, you know, first to God. He's given me super, super, supernatural wisdom through this business process. Yeah. But two things that I give credit to is this woman and mm -hmm. Ken Green. So mm -hmm. being alongside him, especially over this past year and a half, man, that guy's so talented. Just he's he's made me such a I feel like I went to business school before, but I never learned half of what not even 10 percent of what i've learned from this man just watching who, who is ken green so ken green his his he is um one of the co-founders of the mercantile he's also uh an executive at wing company the development company that owns this building he has his own real estate uh business and prior to that he he owned all the brugger's bagels at one point and and that that were out no kidding so, so yeah he worked <laughs> wow. his way up from being a, yeah. a dishwasher to, to owning his first bakery, to then buying all the Brugger's bagels. Uh, but the guy's work ethic and passion, man, is second to none. And yeah. he, he's an inspiration to me, man. When I see him, I'm like, you know, there's just certain people you're around. Like, yeah. this guy doesn't complain. This guy, he, he like I told his the, someone he just uh, brought up on board this week, or actually this morning, I met him. I told Mike, I said, that man, I said, whatever your aspirations are, follow his lead because he's a true leader he's a, and that's hard to find it's hard to find true leaders who will take the first step and say follow me there's a lot of leaders who say do this do that but will never get their hands dirty he's he's up there signing million dollar leases and down here picking garbage up off the floor that someone didn't clean so I it's pretty cool to too. see that man i agree with you i yeah. love seeing that as well okay so let's talk about the food the business that we're talking about today palermo's yep. market yep. and the way that it evolved because it was if I, tell me if i'm wrong it was a food truck it was actually started with a cart it was a cart it was okay. a little cart so take me to day one yep. and was it called palermo's at the it was, time it's uh it was palermo's foods palermo's foods yep. so take me to day one of palermo's foods first of all is it the two of you or is it just, just it's just yes. him just ramon yes. okay tell me about day one i'm buying a food cart and i'm gonna set yep. up something. so um it was actually inspired by my godfather who owned palermo's that's where the name comes from palermo's uh food and meat market in arondequate he owned it for 33 years uh his name was norman palermo my father uh, worked alongside him for many years one of the nicest people you'd ever meet. You'll never hear a bad thing about this man. And I'm saying, working with people behind the scenes, you know, it's easy to be nice in front of people, but behind the scenes is the nicest, sweetest person I've ever been alongside. He passed away the year he sold the business, um, unfortunately due to cancer, um, but just a great man. Um, he, the business was sold to another guy who had a, had a uh, corporate background from B&L. He ended up taking that location and turning it into two. I uh, was doing very well, $10 million location, very successful. Um, there was plans for me to have my own location back then. Like I said, I was young. I got myself into trouble. Many years later, there was this desire for a lot of reasons to get back in the food industry. One is I loved it. Two is I was tired of the horrible customer service that I felt like I was getting everywhere I went. I'm like, you're, I'm twisting your arm to take my money every time it I go out. It is crazy when that like, happens, isn't dude, it? Dude, I'm yeah. paying for you. And you know, like, I just hate it. I feel like that's our number one rule. <laughs> like, you treat people like family because I look at people like family because if they don't spend their money, my family doesn't eat, man. So yeah. I... I really love our customers, you know, and I, we try to do anything we can. But so we started small. Everyone told me, don't do it. Everyone's like, oh, you're crazy. You know, you're, you're, you, why would you start, you know, taking money out your pocket for something? And I really literally started really small. And, and it just like organically grew. We got some of that old base. Where did you set up on We set one? up on Goodman. So our old location was on Culver and Norton. So we sat up on Goodman and Norton near Pudgy's Pizzeria in the inner city, and we had this great organic 
We never spent a dollar on marketing. Yeah. We we got we had customers coming from Victor. Well, what were you, were you hot dogs? I mean, what were you doing? So we were doing our own sausage, hot yeah. dogs, burgers. That's where we started. Three yeah. simple things, yeah. and then it just took off. And then it was like, okay, we started getting these <laughs> catering gigs, and then we're like, okay, well now we got to get a place to make this out of. And then like it was like, well, we need more space. We need to grow. So it just continued to evolve. And then we added other items to the thing. And then um, we actually came here because we weren't able to. We couldn't take any more orders. We we just couldn't. We we were we were um, we were we were using someone else's kitchen, which a lot of places use as a commissary, but yeah. it wasn't you know uh, it wasn't <laughs> legal. Yeah, legal. <laughs> so we were trying well, to. That's why this place exists, though. Yes, because because and 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 listen, Laura Fox O'Sullivan, who I, yes. I think you probably know, yes. has been on this. Uh, I've been talking to her on the radio for years. I I love Laura and I love She's her awesome. vision for the commissary. Yes. But she said from day one, she says, look, there's just so many illegal catering businesses. Yeah. Let's give them a shot to go legit. Yeah. You know, and that's what this place did. There's no shame in it. You were yeah. a hustler, yeah, yeah. man. You're yeah. a hustler. It's what you, yeah. it's good. Yes. It's good. It is. Yeah. My first sauce sale ever was in a, was in the parking lot of a gas station <laughs> in, um, I love it. near, near the Verhulst haunted hayrides. It was in October. Oh, wow. it, I used to work there as Michael Myers. Eric, I was a good Michael Myers. <laughs> I was a good Michael. Uh, and, but it was, uh, but anyway, but I, I met a guy like in the parking lot and sold him 12 jars of sauce out of my trunk. So I like we it, all man. start a little, I love a it, little man. illegal. Sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we came in here to, so we went to fifth frame and I, and I told him the situation. I'm like, listen, so I know Dan over there and I'm like, look, man, I'm like, we just need some help, man. I'm like, we have this demand. We're touching the inner city. We're getting people coming from Victor, from Rush. Like we have every type of demographic. I was like, this thing's going to blow. Mm -hmm. And he's like, go to, there's this place called the commissary. So we walk in here and it's like one of these divine appointments, right? So I walk in and there's a bunch of security guards at the desk and I'm like, yeah, I'm here to go to the commissary. And this was way before the commissary even was even built. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's just, they just laughed me off. They're like, it's like this. It's just an idea. It's an point. idea. Like, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. There, there was this one security guard, right? Who's like, was just the sweetest man. And he's like, let me show you what it's going to look like. And it was like a 3D model of it. And uh, it was a, it was a, actually a picture. It wasn't even a 3D model. It was just a, a kind of like a, um, a diagram. And he's like, and I'm like, well, is there a card for someone I can contact? He's like, well, you can go talk to Ken. And I'm like, I have no idea who this Ken guy is. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's like, let's go upstairs. Yeah. So we get upstairs. We well, I'm not trying to rush oh. it. If you see me looking at this recorder, I'm sorry. I know this is bad radio <laughs> because I'm saying, I'm just making sure that like you're not accidentally turning off. Your oh, okay. <laughs> because the the, the, the switch part. on there. Well, the switch on there. Sometimes people will accidentally turn it off. Oh yeah. So right, every yeah. once in a while, I look at this just to make sure. I thought there was a timer. I'm no, sorry. no. I'm gonna talk into it. You yell at me, but you recording. do the same thing. Okay. I just make sure it's still recording. Sounds good. Because God forbid. Amen. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Go on. So, <laughs> so we get upstairs. It's me and my my at the, my time my, my my other partner Mike, who's who's a partner in this project as well. And we come upstairs, and Ken comes out, and he's like. What's going on? You know, and, and basically I got a couple minutes and we just start telling him like, this is what we're doing. This is the plan. And he's like, literally, this is how talented this man is that he's seen in us the potential that I don't even know if we've seen in ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, at the time we were doing very well. I mean, financially off of, you know, uh, the cart and then transitioning to the truck, just doing really well. But it was like, um, he he's seen where it could go right mm -hmm. and he's like call me and we'll set up a meeting i got something better for you how about i give you guys a location and he kind of outlines and i'm like i don't want to go brick and mortar and this is pre-covid mm -hmm. i'm like i like being outside i'm thinking about doing three trucks two trucks mm -hmm. you know uh, taking this to the next level just to, you know kind of like marty meets uh marty uh laura's yeah, husband you know just and i'm like brick and mortar i just don't know if that's what i want to do well long story short we come back in we do a taste sampling and everyone on his board is like, this food is insane. One girl's like, this needs to be at the Woodcliff. Um, Frank, whose son owns a couple of Salvatores, he's like, this steak sandwich is the best steak sandwich I've eaten in Rochester. And I'm like, you know, they were, Ken was like, you're in. You got a deal. We're in. 
And um, then COVID hit, and we ended up backing out of the deal. You did? Oh, yeah, I backed out of the deal. Wait a second. Yeah, I backed. Well, I didn't see this drama coming. <laughs> because the commissary was built for, for uh, we have already covered it, basically, yep. for like people who just need some legal kitchen yes. space. To be yep. able to. But the food hall, yes. which sits in front of the commissary, is open to the public, yep. and it is, it is. I know you guys don't like this, it's a food court. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. But I... I had no idea yes. that you almost it almost didn't happen. Yeah, it, it didn't happen. So we were we were actually in negotiations Love these kinds of stories. Uh, with multiple multiple things came at the same time and this was like when really prayer and guidance from God and I know it sounds crazy, but it's so true. Like I was done. I walked out. I told Kenneth, I'm sorry, just not going to work out. We have this other opportunity that just I felt was better. And I, wow. and, and I was thinking not for myself, but my, I was bringing my brother fully on board. I jumped bringing, on at this she time. Was, she left her job, her business that she was a part of. And I'm like, we're all in on this. And I was just I started to let fear kind of just guide me. I'm like, yeah. brick and mortar, COVID just hit. Are we out of our mind? Like, what are we doing? Why would we do this? Everything told me no and um i left and ken's like okay we, we got other people who want the spot that want to take your spot and i thought it was done and i get a text two days later and he's like can we talk again and i'm like dude i'll talk to you anytime like i at that time i already had enough respect came from after him. you yeah and he's like Man. he's like he's like come back in can we talk and i remember sitting in the parking lot dude and my partner is like Cause he was mad at me that I that I that I turned him down the first time. He's like, "You, dude, this is the spot." I'm like, "Nah, man, I just don't feel it." And he he didn't think he didn't know what the meeting was about. I didn't know what the meeting was about, but I wasn't outside. And I was like, I just prayed. I said, "God, you're gonna have to show me that this is the place you want me to be." Cause everything in my mind is telling me, "No, don't do it." And literally, I walk in, and Ken shakes my hand, and he's like. I don't know what type of angel you, this is his exact words, angel that's over your life. But he's like, we're willing to basically uh, partially fund this to an extent that was like um, insane. It was insane what they were willing to do. He's wow. like, we don't want to lose you. We want, we need you in this project. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, the offer was just, it was like, it was literally like you couldn't make this up, right? God was hanging out. Yeah, man. It when, was. It was. When just... was this? Because I'm feeling like this was when the Browns lost to the Chiefs. Because I needed God to be watching that game. <laughs> but Elvin said he's helping you get a restaurant deal. And I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Paulie's funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, don't... I love it, man. But yeah, no, yeah. man. It was like it was like literally. It was like one of those moments that if it was, right. it was literally. I remember being on the elevator and I'm like, did this? just really happened yeah, yeah. So like 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 literally out of body experience like there's no way you can make this up and, and, and no one's gonna believe this later and and i don't want you to it just wouldn't be would not be wise to talk about the specifics yeah. of the deal i'm yep. not gonna ask you yep. about that we shouldn't talk about that but but just so i'm clear what you're saying is they essentially made you an offer you can't refuse oh they made me an <laughs> offer that i could not refuse right, right and right. then and then not only that it was just they have been so good to us like just Everything that you know, like COVID, just all these—they've—they've they've gone above and beyond. Well, they're trying to—they—they they want you. They see the potential, yes. obviously, and they want you to build yourself into a major name yes. in food in Rochester. Yes, and you're doing it, you know, slowly but surely. You're yep. getting there. You're doing it. But is the idea of the mercantile on Maine for you to eventually outgrow? go someplace and then the, a new a newbie comes in in your spot or is that or is the idea for you to be here forever i don't no, understand I, the... I i i think that um no one really knows no, okay <laughs> so these food halls are extremely successful uh historically right so like why would you what i'm asking is yeah. like you i was always under the impression that it was for newbies to get their food wet in the food business and then go off and spread their wings but why would you ever leave if you got yeah. business here um yeah. I think what it is, what, what what it is for our brand, and and I separate myself from the brand because I was never necessarily intrinsically tied to a lifetime in the food industry as much as I love it. I, I don't want to limit myself to that. I, I like connecting with people. I, I can see there there may be other opportunities of mm -hmm. what you're doing now. Like you're in the food business, but you're still doing this radio because you love being around people and I connecting. Love, I love right? the, the radio. I mean, I've talked about this on, yeah. on this a million times. I love the radio part of radio. Yeah. I just didn't love the business part of radio. I, I love the business part of food. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's, yeah. The, that's the truth, man. And mm -hmm. that's why I hated corporate America. I hated it, man. Me, I hated it. Me too. That's I, what I'm doing I, yeah, here doing I, this. I, yeah. I hated it, man. And, and it's like, that's what I love about owning my own business. Business. Um, so, so the goal is for us is to build a brand that is legitimate, 
that is recognized. And then we'll just see what happens. I mean, my brother's a talented chef, man, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. built other people's businesses for a decade. Like he worked for, you know, low places, Salvatore, but, you know, bigger places and just he's just an amazing amazing talent chef fredo Absolutely. if you come down to the mercantile let him make you something because he is a talented talented dude like he does what it takes three other chefs to do like he's just a machine now can i ask you guys about trials and tribulations yeah. of of since you've been open here i have to assume because this happens to literally every business yep. there's nothing wrong with this that you've had ups and downs oh, yeah. since you've been in here you've probably had times where you've had lines so long that you're like how are we ever oh, yeah. going to dig our way out of this and you've probably gone two hours without making a dollar yes right like we've all had both of those scenarios before and it's the, and both of them get you they get you very you get very high when you've got this line out the door and you get very low when you're like <laughs> i have not sold a sandwich in two and a half hours what is happening oh yeah how do you how do you maintain erica let's start with you yeah. okay how do you maintain no i'm not too high i'm not too low i have to maintain my path here no matter how good or how bad it seems at any given moment uh, that's like a multi layered question i think that we stay so grounded with knowing that we're here for a reason yeah. um so regardless of the sales it's like we're here for an impact oh, yeah. in our community oh, yeah. it's not about money i think it's about being that gap that bridge when people walk in here whether or not they're buying food you know we get to have a conversation with them we get to touch them um and so yeah i love the way we can adapt he's super good at adapting and i don't think he realizes it sometimes um but even when we have that line you know what, what what's next we're always on the what's next yeah. so that and that kind of branches back to what he's saying like we're gonna build our brand here yeah but we really don't know what's next because anything can happen yeah. literally anything can happen and so yeah we i think it, it helps us so much even on the times where it's like we're so slow we're a family, you know, mm -hmm. and so we're working together. It's it's so much better than me being at a nine to five with people like they essentially become your family. That's who you're around all the time. So it's it's such an honor to work with people that we love in our family and just enjoy every moment of the day. You guys are definitely a family. I mean, every time yeah. I've been here, I've been here a handful of times. Every time I've been here, you walk in, the first thing you see is Palermo's, and you guys really do kind of feel like a like a I, family is the best word, to be honest with you. But between the two, you kind of work in the front, right? But all the people that you have, uh, also, like you said, yeah. Chef Fredo, like yeah. it really feels like that's just the crew that's supposed to be there. Yeah. As soon as you walk in, it's, it feels meant to be. It yeah. really does. Yeah. You talk about divine intervention. Yeah. For sure. That's yeah. what it feels like. Ramon, what about you? How do you deal with the days that are amazing? and realizing that you're not the shit. Yeah. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, that was, I apologize no, for the curse no, word. No, I always get up. Whenever I curse in front of religious folk, I always think, like, you're not the... the Just uh, be the, yourself. I had, Just mouth. Be I had a gutter mouth. For, at one time in life. Oh, for yeah. for most of my life. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. How do you, by the way, let's switch subjects for two seconds. How do you fight the urge now to, to not drop... Uh, you know what? There is man, no urge. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, I feel really? dirty really? now it's when really I curse. Crazy. Really? It's yeah. really crazy man when you really realize like the love of God and I know it sounds see it's something that you know uh, Paul wrote it he said basically we look crazy until you can have that encounter with God and you realize this is real you know and there, and yeah. I tell people it's it's the reason why I live this life now and, and I talk about it with such passion is because I've seen what he's done with me you yeah. know, made me into a person who used to not care about people to care about people. Do you feel like your life could have ended up in a much different oh, way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a negative way? Oh, yeah. I was on yeah. that path for, for, really? for chaos, you know, and to see where he's he's brought me and, and he's put people around me, you know, and, and, and helped me grow and flourish. And, and, and it kind of goes ties in with that me not ever having that. Why don't I get too low when it's when the money's low yeah. is because. I know this is where I belong, yeah. and I and I'm not gonna have a corporate mentality of bottom line is first priority, sure. right? Um, we'll never have that. A lot of times, you know, I say I don't even look at what's in the bank account because if that's what's driving me, I will lose all fun of what the, this is fun. This is my hobby. Oh my god, yeah. I gotta try that. You know, I gotta try that. <laughs> I gotta try not looking at the bank account. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm not saying I don't glance at it, right? But you know what Christina said the other uh, the, she owns uh she she boundless connections upstairs and she said. When you're driving your car, do you drive it looking at the gas meter the whole way? No, she's like, no, you glance at it, right? Oh, you know who's great at that? My wife. She never looks. 
she never she's so good at never even noticing how much it is (laughs) every time i get in her car though i swear there's there's no gas but that's a good i I get what you're saying what you said about just glance at it you you know because because the thing is owning a you have to enjoy it man this is like owning a business is, is yes. so it's it's I mean look what you've done, man. No, but hold on a second. I am not good at what you're talking about. And sometimes I do it, but I am not, this is my weakness, what you're talking about okay. right now. I am constantly worried and stressed out about what is next. What is the next step that mm. I have to take? I have to take this step. If we don't make that step, then we're not doing it good. Mm. But then I look sometimes and I go, Well, shit, Paul. If you could have talked to yourself two years ago and seen where you are yeah. now, would you not be like, oh, that's all I need out of life right there? Paulie, you made your first sale in a parking lot. Yeah, that's right. Now everyone knows who you are. You know how many people come in here? Yeah. Oh, Paulie, yeah, I know. your sauce yeah. and sh- give us money because of you? Literally. Can you do me? Do people yeah. ever think that you're me? And if they do, can no. you tell them I am? <laughs> no. Because I don't want them to know that I look like this. I, I want them to think I look like that. <laughs> they always don't make hide, it sound like hide. you're their friend. Like That's yeah. what I love about it. They're like, like Paulie, he's, he was the guy on the radio. He's so such a good guy. And I'm like, oh, it's nice. great to hear that because usually when someone's not around, you hear all that piece of, you know, yeah. that dude's, you know, so it's good, man. You have a, a great following, oh, thank man. You, thank and you. and but you, what you're saying, you're having fun here. Oh, man. We're having you're fun. Having fun. Okay. Having so I, that's the thing. I sometimes, sometimes I'm able to have fun. Like yep. when I'm at my factory and things are buzzing, sometimes I'm able to go, hey, you know what, man? Just have some fun right now. Have some fun. Ramon I'm, doesn't always have fun. Nick, no. No, no, no. So yeah, I I want to I want to clarify that because it's it's not always fun, and I think that you have to you have to highlight the good parts, right? Because how you can't live your life on all the negatives and the lows. Mm -hmm. You won't have fun in life if you do that. But I think that it's never fun when you have responsibilities. We all want to be a little carefree, and things get tight. You have to get this done, and he's up all night. He's the first one in here in the morning. He's the last one to go. He does all the jobs that no one wants to do. And so things get tough. Things get tough. Mm -hmm. And it's like, once you push through, though, it's like, wow, I did it, you know? And so I think that that's, it's just almost like that's the high again. So you have to enjoy that, though. You have to, you have to take a second to realize that you you started selling out of a parking lot you know yeah, like yeah. i started with this cart and this dream that i didn't <laughs> even realize where i get now and who knows where we're gonna go but it's like i gotta take a second to look and just be like and it's it's part of me just thanking god like you know what look where i'm at you know like for see other people that are starting and for to hear the story you know like I remember when I called you that day, and I'm like, this dude answered his phone on a Sunday. <laughs> like, dude, that inspires Sunday morning, me. Remember? Sunday morning, I'm yeah. like, who? This dude's number's on the, the sauce jar, and he actually, I was like, I remember I looked at him like, he's like, no. answer. Yeah, no, we were in yeah. Wagmans. I was like, is that his number? I was yeah. like, is that his real number? Yeah. She was like, and no, that's not I was like, that, that, that can't be like, it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to call it. <laughs> I remember it was a Sunday morning at like 7.30 or something. I don't know, yeah. Early. <laughs> and, and I answered, and I just, I was like, hello? Why are yeah. you up that early on Sunday? Because I was like, I got to go get more oh, sauce. He doesn't sleep. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but I remember you calling me, and I remember right where I was sitting, and you being like, hey, I'm, oh, I got this place, Polar Market. Like, yeah, he like brought it in, and like, it was just awesome. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, well, no, you guys are Great awesome. Story. But so, you have to really enjoy it, Polly. Try to try to look at the, ben- or the, the good yeah. things about it and kind of look back. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't focus on the what's lens. next. Like yeah, the wide, wide lens. The wide lens of, of you know, in, in the totality of this world, no matter how low it gets in business, we're blessed, man. And, and you here's know, the thing we got too. food to eat. We got a house. It's true. It's you know? true. But here, here's the thing, too, that I have to tell myself. The, the, the list of the to-do list, it's never oh, yeah. done. It's nev- never there's done. never, literally never going to be a day where I'm going to sit back and go, well, we're done. Yep. Good. Good. Yep. I, we don't need to do anything else now. Well, this is easy now. Yep. Never going to happen. So, like, I just have to learn to enjoy the ride, right? Yes. Miley Cyrus said, it's all about the climb. It's all about the <laughs> climb. It's all about the climb, yeah, that right? Used to be my she was so, she was absolutely <laughs> right. So, let's go specifically before we wrap up. Let's talk about Palermo's and, and what it is right now. Tell me about the menu a little bit, yep. how you came up with the menu. What is, just, just go ahead. Tell me everything I need to know about eating at Palermo's at the Mercantile on Main. 
Yeah, so I am like the living menu. So we are, (laughs) yeah, I break it down all the time. So we're actually Italian and Hispanic, like we mentioned at the beginning. So we combine both cultures as far as like food-wise. Food is huge in our cultures. So having the Sicilian sausage and then like our pasta and long egg rolls and then we have the palcha juice with the guava juice. It it, The food itself complements each other so well. Um, So we do breakfast and lunch all day long because we don't like to say no to people like if you wake up at four and you want pancakes or we don't serve pancakes but you know what i mean um <laughs> yeah. yeah so we have breakfast sandwiches we have french toast we have sandwiches for days we have tons of sides because you know you got to make it a combo and so you got to get the drink with it and it just it ties it all in it's and it's such a, a great meal you won't it's so homemade and i think that that's what i really love about what we do is like he said you know we used to go out to eat all the time because I hated cooking at home just by myself and then when we finally got together it was just like okay now we can cook but prior to this it's like we were constantly going out to eat and it's like I got to twist your arm for me to give you my money and then the food sucked it was cold (laughs) it was disgusting and I'm like man I just really want some homemade food but I don't want to cook and so it's not always you get what you pay for it's not but here it is and I don't know. It's just so good here. Yeah, tell I, me about specifics of the menu, though. You're known for, yeah, of course, the Sicilian sausage. sausage, right? So, so we're known for these handcrafted sandwiches. So yeah. you you think of sandwich places, and they you know they have subs. They have different size subs. We don't. We have one size. It's a Kaiser roll. We do have a wrap, wrap option, but we have this one size Kaiser roll, which you know uh, Ricardo's rest in peace. He just passed away, Joe Ricardo. His recipes came all the way from uh, Italy. He's been doing it over 40 years in Rochester. I think it's the best bread. It doesn't have the uh, the um, notoriety of amazing grains of these other bakeries, but this is like a you know just this little bakery in the city of Rochester. Italian family was just killing it, man, and their bread's awesome. So it starts with the bread, the everything that's in between the bread, the sausage, the burger, the ham, the roast beef, the turkey, whatever it may be, we make it in house. The few exceptions are other local things like you know we get uh, McCann's bacon. I think it's the best bacon around. Sure. We bought it. We got Zweigel's hot dogs. You know. Um, but besides that, uh, the eggplant parm, like we use your sauce on that. We just started doing a chicken parm. We use your sauce on that. But I think the thing that really blows people's mind, as good as the sandwiches are, they come and then they try like the sides or they try the juice and they're like, well, you're a sandwich. But the juice, we the Dude, one, one the juice you gave me that one day, passion the fruit, passion I think fruit, it was, yeah. that was, that blew me away. Yeah, like, like, a, guy, a guy came in the other day and he said, you can't go anywhere in Rochester and get what you guys do here. Mm-mm. A sandwich that's from top to bottom made in-house. The drink is made in-house. And then the side, he got our deviled eggs, which are, oh, man, they're so good. Yeah. The pasta salads, everything we make in-house. Mac mac salad, you know, uh, potato salad. We make everything in, in-house. Um, and it's like, it's a lot of work. But it's like, this is what we eat. Our mm-hmm. menu's literally our favorite things like passion fruit juice and sicilian sausage have nothing to do with each other right and probably in some circles of the world it's kind of like we're you know in italy i'm sure they're looking at us like what are you doing you know it's just i don't know but but you know but it's a good combination of the two cultures it is i mean that sausage the italian thing and then the juices are are a hispanic thing right yeah Yeah. they're a tropical fruit which i I love because i hate winter and so it takes me to the islands like every time i drink it but yeah, I think one of my favorite sandwiches is like the ribeye steak burger. So yeah. we grind up the ribeye steak, we infuse it with a little bit of cheddar cheese and throw it right on the grill. So everything is just off the grill. Oh, and we just started the Palermo Pockets. Oh. That's what I was telling you Tell about, me about the about the Palermo Pockets. So, so Palermo Pockets, it's like a house made... What a hot pocket should, should be. be. I like the way she says it. It's what a hot pocket should be. So we we make one, a pizza one with your sauce <laughs> and pepperoni and cheese. We do one with... Um, chorizo sausage peppers and onions and cheese we do another breakfast one we do one with the sicilian sausage we do one the with chicken. the chicken one oh the spicy i gotta bring chicken. you some pizza of our pizza and sauce. the mac and cheese yeah. one. yeah well i gotta bring you pizza sauce because okay. our pizza sauce would would probably be, be better, better for that than the marinara okay. our pizza sauce has honey and butter in it oh, wow. and it's just an oregano obviously and, uh, and it's a little thicker and it's like okay it's, yeah it's, it would be but anyway i'll bring yeah, you some yeah, of that yeah, for yeah sure. definitely that, that sounds delicious it's by the so way. good what a hot pocket should we've be. sold out so we started doing it um so we're starting a new um initiative i would say uh, we're actually if you see the doors that are on the side of our kitchen now we're gonna actually open those up there's gonna be a grab and go 
hot box with fast lane fast lanes drive through great idea we're gonna have curbside out front you just great idea order online and we think that's gonna be almost like a food truck in itself yeah. just it's gonna be its own menu we're gonna do the pockets i mean we we great sold idea. you know 200 pockets for lunch the other day um, oh man i think and, and every You're crushing it yeah every every time we put it on the menu we sold out how's so. the business in general not palermo's now let's talk about mercantile yep. on maine or are, are, is the public taking to it or you... so initially it was uh, it was just out this world right yeah. and then we kind of had a lull and, a, and when I did th- it open uh we opened january f- 11th okay. was a grand opening we yeah, opened yeah. a little bit earlier on the 5th so right off the bat there's a lot of interest i mean for two months it's like literally you know i would say pretty non-stop you then, know then 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 there was a lull okay. um for you know probably i would say a month and a half uh two months were and, you guys getting a little worried at that time were you going like whoa yeah yeah, yeah. Yes and no. So there were a lot of factors. One is we weren't fully open you, uh, yet. Rufus wasn't open. Yeah, the bar just opened. Yep. Another say. thing yeah. is... Seating wasn't open. Seating wasn't open. Uh, there was, And then finally dine-in came in. But we, we kind of um, took our ga- a foot off the gas pedal a little bit. I think we got complacent as far as marketing internally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we started to take things for granted. And the thing is, you know, um, we, we, we're not an established enough brand to think that people are going to try us and everything's great and they're just going to return. Nobody is, by the way. Don't yeah. beat yourself up for that. Yeah. Not that you were, yeah. but I'm saying, like, nobody. Look how much McDonald's advertises. Yeah. Coca Cola advertises like crazy. You can never be, nobody, yes. nobody is above marketing. Yeah. You have to just keep doing it over and over. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Consistency is yeah. actually what's. And I think, you know, uh, Another thing we're learning is kind of getting our story out there, who we are. There was a kind of a, a belief that we were, you know, these, all, all the ownership groups here were like these elitists. You know, there were comments made because I guess the building has a history of being, you know, very rich and wealthy. And, you know, we have a, an array of ownership groups, diversity, everything from Hispanic, Indian, mm-hmm. uh, Middle Eastern women. You really old, do. Young. Yeah. It's great, yeah. you know. So I think we're kind of getting to the process of getting the story out of who we are. Yeah. You know, we're not these elitists. We're, we're actually, no. we love Rochester. We're small business owners and operators. Well, the one thing you didn't you didn't bring up that I will say was my own personal um, deterrent, but tonight I literally figured it out, and now I'll never go back, is parking. parking. Parking's the worst. Parking. Yeah. Oh, but guess what? It's not as bad as people think it yes. is. No. The St. Joseph's Garage, you get in the St. Joseph's Garage, and you can you can drive right up to basically where the tunnel yes. is. You never even go outside. And we actually validate but parking. I don't think people know that. They don't. Though. And that, we it, yeah. it's been it's been a thorn in our. So number one, by far, without a doubt, the biggest issue since we've opened. It's not anything crime, anything in the city. It's nothing. Not that it's parking. 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 Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's people the, don't know where to park. They don't know where to park. They get yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, I I personally don't know how to park very well. Yeah. So so I get overwhelmed. Oh, I got a parallel park. I'm not going there. I'll uh-huh. drive her. She gets not. She gets mad at me when I because I'm like around. a really good driver. She's like, she's like, just park right there. There was a spot. No, I'll go park in the garage. I'm gonna be safe. That garage was very convenient, by the way. It There's is. a sky bridge. You can yeah. just walk over Absolutely. the escalator. But yes, so we do validate parking. Anyone who purchases anything in the Mercantile gets free parking. And it's not just St. Joe's that offers Mortimer's the sky bridge. Yeah. Uh, Mortimer does as well. Um, and then you get free parking after six. Weekends are free. Yeah, yeah. And in the garage. Oh, yeah. in the garage. So I will say I was in a panic because I drive a Tahoe and yeah. it's like a seven a foot ball? clearance. And I was looking up through my sunroof, like, and the, the ceiling was like right, right here. And I was, and so even you really I, wanted to do this podcast. Oh, tonight. yeah. Well, on my way out, even, I'm a little worried about but it, I was good. I cleared it. But I think I cleared it by like four inches. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was a little scary. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, the parking was one thing. But I'm here to tell you, park in one of those garages because it was very easy and it took me 10 seconds of research, basically. I literally Googled mercantile on main parking and there was a YouTube video and it showed me where really? to park. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was that the one that we shot? Is that you in that? Yeah. I thought that yes, might have been you in that I video. I knew it. Yes, I was going to mention you. it, but I wasn't sure. Yes. The, the one that kind of like speeded up. Yes, if you type in Mercantile on Main Parking, you will see these two yeah. in oh, an actual... Oh, we made it to YouTube. Yes. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was our marketing. But yeah. um, we kind of took a, 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 a page out of um, the MTV Cribs. Yeah. Remember how they used to speed yeah. up? That was our... All right. Because people just kept saying, but we've done videos. We've printed stuff. We try to tell people, but it's like... 
I don't know if people forget. I don't know if we we need to figure out a better way to do it, but it's like parking's still an issue. Yeah, so we need I to- feel like I, I agree with you. And like, I'm not, not that I've been hired to do any marketing or anything for this place, but I would say, um, not that I'm for hire either, but I would say <laughs> free, easy parking yeah. should be something that like, the not you, not Palermo's, yes. Mercantile on Main yes. should be every single time they advertise themselves, it should be say, free, easy parking yes. should be like one of the top bullet yes. points every yep. time. Because yeah. that is a yep. a... Uh, I don't know what the right word is, but that is just a thing in people's minds. Free. It's a deterrent. It's a it's a thing in people's yeah. minds that is hard to overcome. Yep. And if you just hammer them over and over, free easy parking, yep. free easy parking, yep. eventually they'll be like, it'll stick. Free easy parking. I believe it. Yeah. Because yeah. I am here to say it was free and easy, <laughs> and I finally did it. And the first couple times I came, it was stressful because I didn't know where to go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, quick hours. What are hours and days? So we are open Monday through Wednesday at this time, um, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, and then Thursday through Saturday, we're here from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday, we are closed. Okay. 240 East Main Street, the Sibley Building. We're directly across from uh, the Democrat and Chronicle, um, right next to uh, Liberty Pole. Mm-hmm. So uh, please come down. And the one, if I could just ask the one last question. I had hinted about it earlier, but I don't... The the leases that all you guys have, and I, I'm sure that you you don't know about other people's, yep. they don't know about yours, uh, is the idea in theory that you can stay here as long as you want? Because I do remember early on that there was some talk about that it was gonna be rotation of restaurants. Uh, um, we don't know yet, is that the thing? Honestly, I think it's gonna be, we don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. We don't know. I know the, the, the licensing deal we did sign, there's opt-outs on, on our side yeah. if we wanna leave early. It is a five-year deal. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, um, I thought it was like six months. Yeah, like no, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, so we can we can opt out after um, year two if we'd like. Yeah, um, and and there's different safeguards on both sides. Sure, there's different you know measuring sticks. There's if you don't meet certain criteria, yes. If it's not working on either side, then there's there's ways out. Uh, um, so I think it's a you know a really good contract for both sides as sure. far as on that side of things. Yeah. Um, but I do believe there's going to be room for growth here for sure. Okay. I, I, I think, more booths, right? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. there will be more. I think in, in three years, there will be more than five restaurants, a coffee bar, and a cocktail lounge. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, historically, food halls expand, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's enough traffic. There's going to be more demand. There's going to be a guy who, who wants to sell um, Middle Eastern food. Uh, there's going to yeah. be, or, or whatever it may be. You know, there's 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 a pizza. There's a place for pizza in here. You know, there's a there's you know right now they're in negotiations with uh, one of our partners to open a brewery. Um, oh my god, so, huge! So, so so I mean, these are things that I, th- I think it Dude, just a little brewery down there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Could, yeah. So uh, yeah. I, now that Parcel Five's open, we we coordinate with the city. Uh, there was a ton of traffic down here. They did a scavenger hunt on Saturday. Um, you know, close to a thousand people in the wow. area. Once we start getting these businesses back downtown, we get out of COVID. The masks are coming off this week. I think um, the vaccination rate is is high and, and the COVID rate's low. We get back to normal. I just think it, I think we're gonna kill it. We're bumping it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for thank, this. Thank you, Paul. I know you guys on a Monday. You're th- hoping you're gonna go home. <laughs> uh, we recorded this on a Monday. I should say you guys are thinking you're gonna go home, and then you got to sit and talk to m- me for an hour. And no, I, that's I, okay. It was an honor. Thank you. <laughs> it's my honor. It was yeah, my you're honor. you're awesome, Paulie. And whoever hasn't tried his sauce, I'm sure if you're listening to me, you have try the try spicy. It, yes, the veggie. Is it the spicy veggie? Spicy chunky it's, veggie. Yeah. Yes. And whoever That's hasn't tried amazing. Palermo's, to get your butts down here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, man.